Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Hey, everyone. So I'm just popping in to say a quick hello before we jump into this week's episode, which is a really particularly good one. Not because I love pups and we talk about pups and not just because I think Lauren's fantastic, but like she is. So um, I'm really excited for you to enjoy her today. But also to just uh, remind you guys that the Influencer Tech Demo Encore that we had in the Facebook group, it's pinned to the top. I bring that up because the first time around, it was just a live event. It happened and it vanished, but we had an encore only for people in our Facebook membership community because once it's up there, you can go ahead and fast forward, rewind, like you can consume it in your own time. And the reason that we did this was so that we can offer some members-only discounts, guys. So head to the Facebook group, check it out. Both days are pinned to the top. Discounts are laced throughout the videos. And if you're not a member yet, what in the world are you waiting for? We have a special promo just for listeners of this podcast. Go to IamWim.com, check out our VIP membership, and you're going to get 30% off your first year. Just use the promo code PODCAST. All right, guys. Enjoy this week's episode. Lauren Salon is a public relations and marketing consultant, media personality, speaker, and entrepreneur. A former PR agency account executive turned health coach, personal trainer, and fitness model, she now runs her own PR agency and runs the PR Accelerator, which is her signature group program. Through her agency and program, she helps entrepreneurs scale their businesses through increased visibility, effective and efficient public relations, and strategic connections. One of Lauren's superpowers is showing up unapologetically as herself, and it is her mission to inspire others to do the same so they can make a big impact in the world sharing their unique gifts. She was such a pleasure to have on the show, and we are so excited to welcome her. So welcome, Lauren. Lauren, it is so nice to have you on today. Um from one fellow pup lover to another. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Very excited. <laughs> oh my gosh, 100%. I'm so excited to just chit chat with you today about all about your path and influencer marketing work um, a, and a little bit about dogs if we're lucky because yeah, we love for sure. so much because <laughs> you, you foster dogs, right? Yeah, I, with the pandemic and lockdown and everything, I, you know, I've been running an online business for several years, but I had a very active lifestyle as well and going to the gym and just busy. And so of course, like many people, I've been home a lot more this year and I, yeah, got into fostering this year. And so I've fostered two sweet pups in 2020. And we chatted about this a little bit before we started recording, but I likely am going to fail in my current foster because I love her so much. And I think, I think 
it's going to be a permanent thing. <laughs> She's the one. I mean, look, people listening to the podcast probably know that I foster failed as well. It's kind of hard not to, um, mm-hmm. but, but describe her to us. So she's, she's okay. okay. Yeah. She's so cute. And <laughs> I post all, about her all over in my Instagram stories. And especially this week, like it's Thanksgiving week and I'm with family and we have like a thousand dogs in the house right now. So there's a lot of dog content going down, but she is, her name's Lydia, which I think is such a funny name for a dog. I, I didn't name her. Um, and she was a little, she was picked up as a stray in Los Angeles and I got her three days later. She's a little white, like 40 pound, one-year-old pit. And she is so sweet, like so much personality, so snuggly, so full of love. She's so teachable, like loves to learn new things. So, so smart. And she, her like life motto, I think is like maximum effort, all the intensity at one time. So she goes from like (laughs) zero to a thousand in less than a second, which is great and a handful. (laughs) So, so it's very fun, (laughs) needless to say with her, but I'm like, oh, it has been such a blessing to um, to have a little pup in the house and like have that company and, and just like, yeah, I've, I've absolutely loved it. Oh, I love that so much for you. First of all, pit bulls are so smart. Oh Oh my gosh. But they do, they have a lot of energy. So you have to be cool with that. They have so much energy, (laughs) but like, what a beautiful thing to be able to, you know, to start fostering. Did you always sort of have this inkling, this desire to foster or did someone sort of suggest it for you during quarantine? I've always loved pit bulls and I feel like they get such a bad rap. So I've always had such a special place in my heart for them. And my first dog that I got during college, he's no longer with us, but he was a pit and I, so I've always like wanted to have my, another pit bull. And I've volunteered in the past with, um, pit bull organizations and rescues, whether it's just dog walking or things like that. And, and, but no, and I, and someone asked me this actually yesterday and I don't even remember how the idea popped into my head, but I've been following the rescue on Instagram that I'm partnering with. I've been following them for a while and was like, I'm home. I got time. I work from home. I've got a yard like, and like, let's do it. So yeah, just jumped right in. And, and I don't know, you know, I think if I end up keeping her forever, like I'd probably still foster from time to time, even if it's temporary. Cause especially like right now during the holidays and, and I'm probably going to do this when I get back to Los Angeles and I'm back home in my house. Um, like a lot of people who are currently fostering, they're traveling, like they may be traveling or having family over. And so maybe it doesn't make sense to have their foster in the house. And so I'm like, you know what, if there are other fosters that need like a week or two somewhere, like I'll take another one. It'll, it'll be mayhem, but I can handle it for like two weeks. <laughs> it's good for so many reasons. Cause also if you keep this dog, which it sounds like you will perhaps, um, she'll teach the other dog socialization too. It's yes. actually really great. Cause a lot of them of course come in and like, I don't know. I've had crazy situations where dogs like don't even, they're not even potty trained yet. They have Mm -hmm. no manner. So part of it of course is teaching them, but you'll have your, your dog to help with it too. I know. I know. And it's, we, we talked about this a little bit before, but I'm, you know, at my dad's house right now and he's got a big, very well-trained pit bull. My brother just came yesterday with his two boxers. So there are four 
large active dogs in the house. And it has been so good for my little foster because she's, she has all this energy and she's still a baby. So she needs more socialization and playtime. And she is like, she, I'm so proud of her because she's doing so well. I definitely have to like squirt her with the squirt bottle multiple times a day because she gets a little too intense and wants to like, you know, like I said, go at level a hundred. <laughs> um, but it's been so good for her to have some other puppy playtime. That is, it is. And what an amazing thing that you did. I, I hope that people listening are inspired because like fostering uh, is not always easy. I mm-hmm. do have to like preface it with that. Um, I, my, my foster fail was my eighth foster. So my Jojo, yeah. I had seven before her and they're not all perfect dogs. Yeah. Most of the time you get dogs that other people didn't want or didn't mm-hmm. keep for one reason or another, but like you do such good. And like, these dogs are just like, so pure at the end of the day, yeah. like they just need someone to love them and, and help them a little bit. And then you help them exactly. find their forever home. Yeah. Exactly. And whether it's like a long, t- you know, whether it turns into a foster fail or just a temporary thing, like it's so, I think whew, dogs, like they help us like live so in the moment and like teach us so much patience as well. And they are just like, you know, unconditional love. And it's, it's such, it's so special, I think, but, but yeah, like you were saying, like, it's not always easy. Like, I don't, I have no idea what the first year of her life was like. No idea. <laughs> like, exactly. So we're learning every day. Exactly. My dog came with two puppies also. <gasps> and they both got adopted out. I never actually even met them. I saw pictures after, but I was like, <sighs> we always wonder like, what was Jojo's life like? So you know yeah. that Lydia came from LA, right? Yeah. She was like found on the street. Yeah. I don't even know what part of LA she came from, but I just joke that my little street dog learning, (laughs) doing her best. (laughs) We have a, we have a country dog. All that I know about Jojo is that she came from Tennessee with her two puppies and they bring them to bigger cities because they have such a higher chance of getting adopted. Yeah. Which is She knew, she knew how to sit when I got her and like, so I could tell like somebody loved her, but I don't, I have no idea. Like we have no idea what exactly it was like, and, and since then, like she's learned so much. She's, I adore her. She's, I'm so happy for you, especially during the holidays. It's so nice to have a companion and her. I'm so, I'm sure she's adorable. Um, and so, you know, and also just to have a, a pup around while you're getting some work done yeah, is exactly. probably just makes the work day fly. Um, but what a crazy year we've been in. I, <sighs> I, I feel, I gotta say, honestly feel though, that we're taking a turn, you know, look like yeah. many people know based on a lot of people in our Facebook group, my Facebook profile says who I voted for. So it's certainly not a secret. I feel like we're taking a turn in that way. Once that happened, the election, you know, happened. I, I think that like people are, I don't know, are you over 2020? Cause I'm over 2020. You know, uh, yes. <laughs> it's the interesting thing, 2020, man, oh man. I feel like we've crammed 10 years of uh, like experiences and things and stuff into this year. Um, cause like, honestly, if any of us look back on February or January, February, like 2020, and, and could you imagine that we'd be where we're at now? No freaking way. Right. And for me, like 
2020 has been surreal in so many ways. Like obviously what's been happening in the world, it's been crazy, but then on a personal life, like personal level too, and business level, like my, like there's so much growth in so many ways and so many major, major challenges and life-changing things that have been really tough. But like, again, when you go through tough crap and like hard times and like when things hit the fan, like it just gives you an opportunity for growth. And so I can very much say that while this year has been very difficult in so many ways and very challenging in so many ways. It's also been one of the best years of my life because I, I can hardly even recognize the woman I was a year ago because there's been so much massive growth and transformation from like all directions. And I don't know that it all would have happened in this time frame had things not been so flipped on their heads, like a thousand different ways. Um, but I agree with you that I think with the election. And even if things are still a little uncertain, cause it's just still, it's still messy. Like I, I was talking to people last week. I'm like 2020, I feel like has been the year of perpetual limbo of like what the F is happening. And it's still like that, you know, but I do think like, even just after the election, I feel like we felt collectively just like a big deep breath or a big exhale. And so I, I do feel like there was a big shift and while right now, like I, I live in Los Angeles, I know with you in New York, we're um, very different situations, but also dealing with similar things, being in big cities like LA right now is very, very shut down. And I think we'll continue to, or still see some of these restrictions, like, you know, continuing through November, December, maybe even January. But I really do think like, January, February, it's going to shift a lot. So I feel very optimistic and hopeful. And even like, you know, even still, like there's so much opportunity for, for all of us, for growth, like business growth, personal growth, all of it. Well, I love, I love that you're saying that because look, I, I, I've experienced the same. If you've experienced hard times and then getting through them and as difficult as they were, like you do feel that there's some growth that comes out of it. I mean, that's such a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing. And, and so I've experienced it. It sounds like you absolutely experienced it this past year. So like, I'd love to hear, like tell our listeners, what's, what are some of the, maybe the business challenges, but that turned into such a growth opportunity for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, one that I'm, I'm sure so many people can relate to, like I last year, 2019, I, I kind of call my gap year. Like I've been an entrepreneur for six years now. I've been working for myself, left my last PR agency back in 2014. So I've, I've been on my own for six years and you know, like the entrepreneurial journey is like a wild ride and it's exciting and thrilling and insane. Um, and last year, 2019, I was dealing with some depression. Um, I was needing to focus a lot more on personal life and some like life stuff. And, and I wasn't feeling very inspired in my business. I wasn't feeling excited about my business. I was pivoting also and not sure what direction exactly I wanted to pivot into. So I call 2019 my gap year because I 
like, you know, uh, long story short, like I've had a fitness business in the past, been like a fitness influencer and um, media personality in the health and wellness space. And so last year, 2019, I jumped back into that world a lot more. I was doing a lot of fitness competitions and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm not really wanting to work my business right now. I'll keep it like on the side and keep things going like enough, but I kind of want to break. I want to be around more people. I want to mix it up. I want, um, yeah. And so I was doing a lot of personal training actually last year, which, which was a kind not random thing. Cause I've been an athlete for a long time, but hadn't been a full-time personal trainer, Been I did a lot of online coaching in my past and stuff like that, but it was like, I want to get out of the house. I want something that's easier and predictable and has more set hours. And, and, and I'm in the fitness world like myself so much right now. So let's just do this for a little bit. And so come May or March, excuse me, when everything started happening, I had already for a few months decided, okay, this like one year of doing this, like it has served its purpose for me. I've made some beautiful relationships. I've been, you know, plugged into a new network. I'm like out of the house more like it has done what I needed it to do. And I wasn't shifting out of it as, as promptly as I could have been. I was like, oh, but I love my clients. I just like, I don't want to stop. And there's that like safety net feature. I'm like, yeah, but this is like, I'm making all this money doing this. And this is great. Like, I don't want to I don't want to stop that. I'm not ready. So there was some fear in shifting away from that, even though I was very much ready to do it. And I was excited to get back into my PR marketing business, but was, was hesitating. And then things shut down. And within one week, that entire business, that entire income stream was gone. And I am somebody, I am a recovering workaholic, do all the things over, overdoer, overachiever, like be way too damn busy all the time kind of person. And, and that like having 20 projects going at once, like that sort of thing. Like when we do that, it prevents us from focusing in on the main thing, right. And putting all of our energy and all of our intention in the thing that we really want most. And it's, it's, those are all little safety nets, right? Like, and so that in, in March, that income stream getting completely wiped out within a week that forced me to pivot like 110% back into my business. And I was like, all right, I've been talking about how I'm getting ready to pivot for like three months now. And we've pivoted, (laughs) you know, so that burned burned the boats, you know, took down out the backup plans, all of that and was scary. And I could have absolutely let it, uh, paralyze me in many ways and feel like, oh my gosh, all this money just disappeared. Like, what am I going to do? And instead, thankfully was able to channel that energy into like, no, like we just show up all out, like full on in the direction that I want to go and add so much value and so be so consistent and take massive messy action. Like otherwise, like what else, right? What well, else am that's, I going to do? Well, that's, well do that? that's what I'm kind of curious about. Cause it, what a crazy situation, like your entire livelihood is like wiped out and completely changed in the span of a week. Um, mm-hmm. I can only imagine what that feels like, but 
you seem like a very positive, like make lemonade out of lemon. So type of person. So I'm curious, like, did just being so quickly, like shifted in and pushed into a different direction, did that help you at all? Was there anything as part of that experience that opened something up for you? Yes. And so, like I said, the that year of just being fitness focused, I still had the occasional consulting project and client and like other income streams happening, but I wasn't putting my energy there just because I needed to things to be really simple, you know? And, and so, but my background is in crisis PR. (laughs) So, um, and specifically crisis PR in the healthcare industry. So my last agency I was at, I was there for four years and I was on a crisis team and we were growing exponentially fast. Like our agency was doing all sorts of amazing work. And so I was working like 60 to 80 hours a week on very high stress projects. Like all of our clients were in emergency situations. They've hired us three months, six months later than they should have. And they're like, oh my gosh, we don't know what to do. Like, this is our last chance. We need you to help us save our hospital or save our health system. And so I'm very used to and comfortable with working on very tight deadlines, working like an insane person a little bit and working effectively and calmly and getting a crap ton done when things are scary and when things are uncertain. And so when all of that happened, it was, yes, a very new landscape for all of us. And on another level, it was also really, really familiar to me. And so I said like, okay, things have changed (laughs) dramatically, but I actually know what to do in this situation. Like I know how to show up and how to be effective and like, and support entrepreneurs in, in this kind of climate. So it was, so yeah, it was actually, it felt very empowering and it made me feel also very grateful for that past experience. Cause like when I left that last agency, I was insanely burnt out. I was, I stayed like a year longer than I should have. So I was like pissed when I left, you know? And so it actually was a really beautiful thing for me to also heal that experience for myself. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I learned so much from that experience all those years ago. And now I get to use that experience even more than I have the last several years. Cause like, look, like I know what's going on and I know how to help people. So like lean into that. So it was absolutely like a, a gift in many ways. And I also am somebody who had usually always had several things going on, you know, for many years, the past over the past six years, for most of the time, I was running two businesses, my health and fitness business and my consulting business and my PR business. And I wasn't getting the A plus results in either one of them that I wanted. And so much of that was because I wasn't fully committed to one or the other. And so that helped like make the decision for me. And thankfully I've done a lot of like personal internal work so that when stuff doesn't go according to plan. Yeah. I'll, I'll maybe like get emotional or freak out or get stressed about it for a a little bit, but I do not let myself get parked there because it's not effective. It doesn't do anything. And so being able to shift very quickly into action and see it as a gift was essential. Well, I can imagine. I mean, but it's interesting because I hear you say 
you know, and in one moment that, you know, having not having a hundred percent of your focus in one area was sort of limiting, but I hear you say also that like having all of this variable varied experience, like allowed you to be able to easily pivot to a, another thing that you could easily pull on. So, you know, there's, there's two sides to it as well. Oh, completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to hear like, the personal side of it, right? Like, I'm so glad that you navigated the professional side really well. How have you been personally with such shifts in your business? Yeah. So it's interesting because I, like I said, 2020 has been like the most expansive growth year for me personally and in my business that I've ever experienced, which I'm, which is crazy and like surreal. And I'm so grateful for all of that. Um, and, and there are things like on the personal side that, um, I haven't shared publicly yet, which this, this is not the time for that. It'll, uh, you know, get there in probably a couple months and stuff, but, um, but yeah, on the personal side, like I have, I've dealt with, anxiety and depression, um, anxiety off and on since college, like through college and since, and then, like I mentioned in 2019 dealt with depression for the first time for an extended period of time. And that was an incredibly, um, challenging and unfamiliar place for me. I'm not used to feeling that way. And, and so some of the personal growth stuff, like, Ooh, and I'm even like getting emotional tapping into that, but some of the growth stuff was like, one, being able to see that as a gift. And I think with so many things that have happened in 2020, we've been in this like trauma place with, with what's going on in the world. We've all been in this collective, like PTSD sort of state, and that's not good for us, you know? And when we're so just plugged into the news or plugged into social media nonstop, like it's, it's really hard on our nervous system. So one of the biggest things personally for me is like practicing detachment, you know, and getting so tuned into myself and my body so that as soon, like, as soon as I feel something's off, I can redirect that and I can like check in and clear whatever might be going on to make me feel a way that's not supportive. Um, and I can like, absolutely, I can say with confidence, which is wild to me, especially given 2020, like I eliminated my anxiety and depression this year, which is crazy. Cause it's like, Oh no, you would expect those things to increase. And for many people they have. And in the beginning of like in March and April, I was experiencing a ton of anxiety again, like on, I would wake up with it and have it all day long. And And then also starting to dip back into depression and stuff like that. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, no, we are not doing this. And was, did a lot of things, therapy, plant medicine, uh, new boundaries in my business, new boundaries in relationships, like ending relationships that weren't serving me, like all sorts of really deep, challenging things to get more in alignment you know, cause I think one, one of the things for 2020 that I've, um, seen so much is that it's really illuminated what is working in our lives or in our businesses. And it's also really showed us what's not working. And so I, I cleared out as much as I could of the things that aren't 
working and it's absolutely served me. And that was not necessarily an easy process. You know, it's been incredibly challenging. There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine, um, but what a beautiful thing to be able to yeah. say, honestly, right? Uh, like yeah. you went through it and, you know, I've been there too. I've definitely struggled with both anxiety, depression, but in a, in no, nonetheless, like uh, this, this year, like this crazy year right? to be able to come out the other side. I'm really happy for you. And to hear that, Thank that's you. wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that it's, I do find it really cool that, um, you're, you've worked in, you know, crisis PR and also sort of like in health and wellness and fitness a little bit too. So, you you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I certainly don't come from that world. I, I think it's really fascinating and I'm, I'm sure helpful of course, for navigating some, like all of what we've been through this past year. I don't know if you could give people listening some advice of just, you know, things that have worked for you in terms of like uh-huh. feeling well, feeling healthy and sort of navigating through these really stressful times. Um, yeah. I don't know. What are a couple of things that you would suggest people look into? Absolutely. I love this question. Um, so things that I swear by is having some sort of morning ritual, morning practice. And sometimes that doesn't happen on in the morning. Sometimes it happens later in the day. Sometimes it looks different from day to day and that's totally fine, but having some type of morning practice and mine, it's really like three core pillars. So my morning practice always involves turning inward in some way. So connecting with myself first and starting my day with me as the priority, because for most of my life, most of my career, I would get on my phone first thing, either look at social media notifications, look at emails, whatever it was. And I was always starting in a reactive state. And that puts you in like a heightened place of stress right, right from the get-go, right? Raises your cortisol. So making sure that whether it's five minutes or an hour, I'm starting my day with me and grounding me and that being the priority. So I already mentioned, I turn inward, I incorporate some type of movement, and then I incorporate something, some sort of inspiration or like external learning. And so what all of that can look like, and some days I use, I hit all these pieces, some days I don't, but a lot of the times, like the turning inward stuff for me, it's going to be, um, gratitudes, you know, what are my intentions for the day? Maybe I'll sit and I'll do breath work and visualize my goals or what I want my life to look like a year from now or six weeks from now or whatever the case is. Um, I will often do breath work in the morning. I love to dance. So like dancing is part of my daily morning practice and like throughout the day, like in between calls, like every single day, um, I will typically, lift weights. I I take my dog for a walk every morning. So that helps me, you know, move my energy and, and stuff. But sometimes that movement 
it can be dancing, it can be lifting weights, it can be stretching, it can be breath work, but something that gets you grounded into your own body and connected in your body and gets that energy moving, right? And then as far as the inspiration or like learning something new or taking in something, um, I might read in the morning, I might listen to a podcast, I might listen to an audio book or something, but, but yeah, I've got this list of like kind of 10 things gratitude, breath work, workout, dance, intention setting, um, reading, like those sorts of things, journaling that help me get really grounded and start my day from a place of like abundance and, and just feeling really good in my body and, and getting into peak state. And so that is absolutely having some sort of grounding daily practice is, such is such a game changer for me and has been a really, really integral part of like making me, helping me feel good and just helping me be an effective like human and, and showing up in the world as the woman I want to be, but also helped me in my business too. I can imagine. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I wonder if doing the same thing every morning and sort of having that ritualistic nature to it or just mixing it up just sort of gives you the energy. I I feel like it's probably a very personal choice that people will make of what they respond best to. What does it feel like? What's best for you? Yeah, I completely agree with that. And so, so yeah, I used to, and it's so funny because I'm like, I don't know if you're familiar with Enneagram, but I am a type, I'm an eight, eight wing seven. Um, I am a like, very like core, like CEO, like I want to get shit done. I want like a lot of my to-do list, very type A, like used to be a control freak a little bit. So when I started getting into having a morning practice, I was like, it has to be these 10 things and I have to do them every morning and set this timer, blah, 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 like all of that. And that got really stressful, right? I'm like, this is supposed to help me feel good. And this is getting really restrictive. And then I've also gone like the complete opposite of that and been like, all right, well, my morning routine is going to be waking up and doing whatever feels good, you know, and, and there's something to that as well. But what works best for me is like a happy medium. So like I said, I've got probably 10 things that help me feel grounded and like start my day the way that I want. And some days I do all of them. Some days I don't. Some days I'm like, okay, today, like, I'm putting on my Latin playlist and I'm like going to just dance around in the office and I'm going to say my gratitudes out loud while I'm dancing. And I'm going to say my intentions out loud while I'm dancing. And I'm going to like get into that, like, just like saucy energy sort of thing. And then other days I'm like today, my morning routine is I'm hitting the weight room in the back. Like I'm so grateful. I have a beautiful gym set up in my home. I'm hitting the weight room and in between sets, I'm going to go read a page out of this book and that's going to be my grounding practice. And some days it's like, take the dog for a walk. And then I go into the office, I sit down and do breath work. I take out my books. So it looks different every day and that's totally fine. And so figuring out what those things are that work for you and get you into peak state and being consistent with some sort of intentional practice. Um, Yeah, but absolutely. Like, I don't think it needs to look the same every single day. And some days you're more inclined toward one direction and others another. So checking in and, and acknowledging what's going to support you best for what you want to accomplish and how you want to show up. 
I love it. And, you know, just whatever ultimately gets you feeling charged for the day. Yeah. Um, yes. And so you said it, it, you know, it really charges you up and then you can start your work day. And I know that you are doing such great work with influencers, which, you know, brought you to whim in the first place. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about like, the types of influencers that you've worked with and, and what that part of your business looks like. Absolutely. So as you know, I have a PR agency. So my business is like two, two pronged, if you will. We've got a full service PR agency on the one hand where we do done for you, like A to Z PR services for our clients. And that includes influencer marketing campaigns. And then I've got a hybrid mastermind group coaching PR agency experience program where I teach entrepreneurs how to do their own PR and how to do their own influencer campaigns, that kind of stuff. And everyone in that program gets a limited number of PR services done for them. Um, but yeah, the influencer marketing stuff has been so much fun. And we've been doing that for the past like three years now. And we, we've done massive influencer campaigns to help sell um, books for big book launches and helped many of our clients hit bestsellers lists. Um, we've done influencer campaigns to sell out events multiple times. And unfortunately, like, you know, there aren't many events going on this year, but have, have helped with virtual events as well. Um, and then also actually in May, we supported a health and wellness client with um, a big influencer marketing campaign for um, a free 30-day wellness challenge. You know, they wanted to provide value and they're like, hey, we know how to help people like stay healthy and get healthy and, and boost their immune system and metabolism. So like, let's do this free thing out in the world. And so we helped get influencers on board for that to share about it out in the world. Um, and so typically, like we really specialize, my team and I specialize in um, working with clients who are, we, we work with a lot of personal brands, um, a lot of speakers, a lot of thought leaders, and a lot of our clients got their start in the health and fitness space and have transitioned into more the entrepreneurship space, the business space, um, speaking, that kind of stuff. So we tend to work with a lot of influencers in health, wellness, personal development, coaching, mindset, um, that whole world, like entrepreneurship. And, um, and yeah, and it's been so much fun. And, and what I really, really love about working with influencers is, and, and like why this is an important part of our business is because one, like I've been on the other side of it. Like I've worked as an influencer and like been a spokesperson for big brands and stuff and like done that and negotiated on, on my end, you know, for myself and pitched myself as an influencer for partnerships and stuff like that. And so I know what it's like to be on the influencer side of things and how important it is to be a content creator and how much work goes into doing that and how much time and energy goes into building a loyal audience, you know, and, and the beauty of having an audience that's engaged and loves what you're sharing. And then I also obviously know it from the PR side of things. And I know how effective in utilizing influencers are for campaigns, because there's so much trust, you know, when you tap into an influencer and they share your message with their audience, like that is a beautiful gift because you get to carry 
that trust and that relationship that they've built with their audience, you get to borrow that for your own thing. It's such a cool, cool thing. And I get to meet so many amazing, amazing people. And so, so yeah, so we do a lot of, a lot of campaigns around products, events, um, like I mentioned, the free challenge and, and getting ready actually to work with a few people to support them in launching podcasts. Um, and so getting influencers to share about their podcasts and stuff like that and do a, an influencer blitz that way. And, um, yeah. And so I, I absolutely love working with influencers and one of my, it's funny because one of my, the ways that I tell people what I do, like what my business is, I'm like, basically if we boil it down to like super, super, like as simple as possible, I get paid to make friends with really awesome people online and then connect them with my other friends. (laughs) So I get to connect with people who are up to epic things in the world, whether it's influencers, journalists, clients, you name it, and then see where those natural synergies and, and partnerships are, and then connect them so that they can create even more magic. And when we do influencer campaigns, I'm like, Hey, me as the agency owner, like, yeah, I'm the hype girl, but I'm bringing a full on kick-ass hype team to support my client. And that's like such it's, it's, I absolutely love it. And it's so much about relationships and, um, strategic relationships and, and adding value, like how you can create a win-win for everybody involved. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I love, love, love what I get to do and the people I get to work with. And I'm so fascinated by what you do. I mean, when you sort of like peruse your website or just even get to know like the, the top line of what you do, you know, you're supporting entrepreneurs, right? Like you, and it's so cool to see somebody whose business in PR specifically, you didn't necessarily go towards, you know, the large brands and doing their PR. It's like the people, um, it's really, and it's really interesting. I, 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 whether it's a byproduct of COVID, but I actually happen to think it happened even before then. I've seen a huge shift from people working for large companies pivoting into mm-hmm. more and more entrepreneurialism um, yeah. or just smaller businesses and feeling like they have more of an impact there and talking a lot about personal branding and how that mm-hmm. informs the whole picture. Um, so I think that's really, really cool that that's your focus. Like, how, how did you decide that that was sort of the area that you wanted to go into? And, um, what's, what is, what are some of the, the bonuses of, of working on that side of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. Um, I have always been very energized by people who are showing up like fully as themselves by people who are like creating their dreams, like doing something with their dreams and working in their zone of genius and like bringing their passions to life. That has always been something that like fills me up and like make, gives me life, right? Whether it's something that I'm interested in or not, if someone is on fire for their mission and what they're doing, I freaking love that. And so that's why like, I love working with entrepreneurs so much because I'm like, oh my gosh, like look at all this magic that you have and like the value that you can add to the world. Like, how do we get more people to know about this? You know? And like, I'm somebody who like, I, I, I work for myself because 
I want to be in control of where I work, when I work, how much I work, who I work with, all of that. Like I want to design my life the way that feels best to me. And I want my business and my work to fit around my life and not the other way around. And so that like shared ethos of like lifestyle design and making an impact from your unique gift. Like, that's what I love about entrepreneurs. Like, I'm like, okay, what is your superpower and how are you showing up with that in the world? And how are you helping people with your gifts? And like, how do we make that bigger? Because the more people get to experience that because look at all the amazing stuff you're doing already. So like, imagine what it would be like if this got even bigger. And then again, I talked about like the relationship and connecting the dots pieces where I'm like, oh my gosh, do you know so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? Like if nothing else, you guys would be great friends, but also I think you could totally do something together collaboratively, just like go do it, you know? Um, And so I've always been so, so, yeah, like I said, energized by people who are just creating something from a place of passion and like, doing life like beat to the the beat of their own drum and stuff like that so that's why i like love entrepreneurship um and and yeah and so i built a lot of beautiful relationships myself in the um small business and online business and like thought leader space and again like (laughs) i'm coming down to like that description of what i do again i was like thinking a, a couple years ago i'm like really love connecting with cool people online and I'm so good at like playing matchmaker between them like how do I how do I do make this be the main thing that I get to do all the time and get paid for it right and I'm like oh wait at the very basic level that's PR there we go (laughs) and there you go (laughs) and it's like that coupled with like hype girl is what you could put on a business card sum it all up you're everyone's cheerleader and you can can tell that like there's such a genuine passion for what you do and it really feels to me in this short conversation that it's so clear that like you found such a perfect fit for yourself um and so you know for people listening um i i always find it really cool when we can just expose more people to different jobs that they maybe were never exposed to prior people are so familiar with other types of pr maybe they didn't even know that they could just make a living out of doing this so mm-hmm. i hope that even just having the exposure on the show could really help people um i'd be curious going in you know we're we're about to transition into 2021 what are your hopes for the influencer industry and in ways that it can be better yes ooh such a good question i you know, some things that I've seen in 2020 are kind of in the beginning, a lot of brands were tightening up their budgets because like things were crazy. We didn't know what was going to happen. So a lot of brands were tightening up their budgets. And so I think there were less influencer opportunities, but then with everything shifting online, brands were needing influencers, right? Because they're like, well, crap, like, okay, if now, if now we have to like really ramp up our online presence or can like switch from being completely in-person stores or brick and mortar, like, and now we need online, like, so, so brands needed influencers even more. So we've seen this kind of like up and down thing go on with influencers. And even a lot of major influencers I've worked with, like their brand partnerships dried up for several months in the beginning of 2020, but that's all come back because I think everyone has realized 
like having an online presence is essential and it's here to stay. Like, so regardless of how soon things open back up, right. Or open all the way up again, like you should never eliminate your online presence or your online offers or products and stuff like that, because one, always good to have multiple streams of income, right. And multiple ways people can access you and buy your services, buy your products. Um, and I think now that we're seeing all this kind of open close, all that stuff, people are like, Oh no, this online thing, like we're, we're making sure it's a big priority. So I think we're going to see more brands, more big brands, like leveraging influencers again and continuing to. And I think we're also going to see a lot of smaller brands in, uh, leveraging influencers as well. Cause I know with a lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with, like many of them are incorporating influencer or micro influencer campaigns into their strategies. And these aren't massive businesses. These aren't massive brands. It's like individuals who are like, okay, here's my thing. Like I'm hosting an event, like in the end of 2021, and I want to tap into local influencers. And so maybe they work with five over a six month span or something, which isn't, you know, we've, we've had campaigns where we were working with hundreds of influencers before, but even just that, like there's so much opportunity for influencers. And I think some of the things as an influencer, things to keep in mind are, your, you are a brand, right? Like you, the influencer, you are a personal brand. And to think of yourself as an entrepreneur as well, right? So to take a really strategic approach to what you're, the value that you're offering, how you're positioning yourself in the market, and then like owning that and going for the opportunities that you want, because brands need help there. Everybody, like the theme that I'm hearing so much from everyone, brands, entrepreneurs, you name it is like the name of the game for 2021 is visibility and getting visible online because more and more businesses are going to shift into the online space. And if you're not showing up consistently and assertively, you're not going to get heard. And so even as an influencer, one, knowing that you are absolutely needed, brands are looking for people like you to work with and knowing too, like, take messy action and like claim your expertise and your angle and all that. And like put yourself out there because so many brands do. And, and this was in the beginning of 2020, I was working on a big um, like influencer trip to Greece, which unfortunately didn't happen um, with everything going on. But like I had major, major brands, like I, I'm not going to name them, but major brands who were asking me and one of my, um, like best friends slash business partners and in, in certain projects, she and I were planning this influencer trip, asking us if we had influencers that they could hire for their campaign. This is a national, like international major name brand beauty, beauty brand, like that everyone would know. And, and there, we're like, you're asking us to like find you influencers. Like you don't know how to do like, and which is amazing, like happy to help. And, and we presented a number of influencers to them who got paid for campaigns. But, but these are like, I think a lot of influencers think, oh, well, they're a big brand. They've already got, their spots are already full or they've already got it taken care of, but a lot need help. So put yourself out there and go for it. 
Totally. And if anything, if you could take anything from what we're listening or the, if anyone listening could take anything away from this conversation, it's just go for it. Like, what do yes. you to go for it? Oh my gosh. Look, I have a feeling that um, everyone listening is absolutely going to want to get in touch with you. Um, mm-hmm. Before you share the best way to get in touch, we have one last question that we ask yes. everyone who comes on. I would love to hear your answer. The question, of course, is what do you wish someone had told your younger self mm-hmm. that would have given you a professional or a personal advantage today? I love this. Oh, this is such a good question. I'm so excited to speak into this. I think what I would have wished someone had told me, and oh my gosh, like I'm getting emotional thinking about this, like, oh, but I wish someone had told me that it was so like completely safe and yeah, I guess so completely safe to show up so fully unapologetically you that like, and just be you, which sounds so simple, but I think so many of us like, especially online, like right now with everything being so much online and we're not in person as much, like our Instagram feeds are so curated, right? Like, and all that kind of stuff. And, and like, I, for one used to be so much, so conscious of what other people thought and wanting to be liked by everybody and wanting to look perfect and all that kind of stuff. And it's a freaking exhausting, (laughs) it's exhausting. And so I wish someone at a, an earlier age had really told me or reminded me or encouraged me to like, just be fully me and care less about what other people thought. Right. And, and reminded me that it is safe to be like, so fully you out in the world. And yeah, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. You're not going to be everybody's flavor. And that is absolutely okay because we are not here to please everybody. Right. The first person, like our main priority should be showing up for ourselves. And so that has been this year, like one of my biggest shifts and like driving forces has been like an absolute commitment to showing up so unapologetically me. And, and I will say not only am I way more aligned internally and, and have healed so much as a result of committing to that like the personal growth and personal fulfillment and alignment has been next level, but in showing up so radically authentic, my business has also grown significantly. So that's what I would say is like, it is safe to be fully unapologetically you. And not only is it safe, but it's going to support you in living your most aligned life and supports you in attracting dream clients and growing your business. Oh, I love it so, so much. I can hear you talk (laughs) for days. Um, And when people inevitably who are listening want to reach out and connect, what would you say is the best way for them to get in touch? Yes. Um, So I am super, super active on Instagram. It is Lauren Salon. And I know you will, you'll throw that spelling into, um, into the chat and everything like that. Um, but yeah, Instagram and especially Instagram stories all over up in the stories. Um, you can also check out my website, which is laurensalon.com and people can just straight up text me as well. Um, and I will, it's, it's really me. I will respond to you all that stuff. So if anyone has any questions, like seriously, 
shoot me a text 323-591-5714 and we can talk. Oh my gosh. First time anyone has given their phone number yeah. <laughs> in our po- on our podcast. I love I'm it. Obsessed. I'm obsessed. And you're like, it's me. It's really it's, me. It is. People are like, hey, Lauren, not sure if this is you or just some automated thing. Like, but here's my question. And I'm like, send a selfie of me, like in my sweats, like on the floor <laughs> in the living room. I'm like, it's me. <laughs> like, like a creep. <laughs> No, that's the coolest thing. I love it. Gosh, she obviously wants to get in touch. She's giving you her digits. So thank you so much for being on today. It was an absolute pleasure. I have a feeling that people are definitely going to reach out. Um, and thank you Absolutely. so much. Thank you. This has been wonderful. I really, really appreciate it. And, and yeah, grateful for you. Cause as I mentioned, like I have used the group and community so much for connecting with new influencers, learning like everything. So thank you as well. And thank you for having me. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments. So comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org heart.